Hi, welcome to episode one of Conversations with Shambi. In this episode, I speak with Communications Director Samantha Higgins about social media marketing for nonprofits. Whether you're the founder, a volunteer, staff member, or a social media manager who's been hired to handle the social media for a nonprofit, this conversation gives some great tips of how you can grow your organization online and also how you can take care of your mental health when you're dealing with the public on social media. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Shambi. So I will go ahead and welcome everyone. And thank you for joining us live to talk about social media marketing for nonprofit. I'm here with Samantha Higgins. And if you would like, go ahead and introduce yourself, Sam. Hey, yeah. So I'm, I'm Sam. I'm short for Samantha. And I am a public relations specialist for an international journalism um, organization. And um, yeah, so I have almost 18 years of experience in public relations for nonprofits. Um, and of course, that also involves marketing and social media and communications. Wonderful. So I know we're excited to pull in all of that experience so we can see how we can help um, so many nonprofits out there. And I'll introduce myself. Um, I'm Shambi Broom. I'm the founder of the nonprofit Web Girls Code, where we give girls and women superpowers through computer science. I'm also the owner of JMB Designs. It's a digital platform management company where we focus on websites, search engine optimization, and social media. So all day long, I get to do all the things that I love, which is exciting. So to start the discussion, Sam, the first question I want you to discuss and kind of talk about is in your with your experience, what have you seen that has worked when it comes to social media marketing and the nonprofit se- sector? What has worked well? And then also, what are some things that you've seen that has not worked as well for nonprofits on social media. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I've, I've seen a lot that's worked well, so that's encouraging. Um, so most of my experience is not with paid, um, marketing and social media it's with organic. Um, and so I've been at several different nonprofits and, um, started social media accounts from the ground up. Um, and the main, the main thing that I want to point out is you want to define your audience. So you want to know who you're trying to reach. So your audience, it should never be everyone. Um, You kind of want to narrow that down and define it. Once you do that, you can figure out what the best platforms might be for your audience. So you don't need to get on every single social media platform that's out there. Pick one, two, maybe three. Um, It all kind of goes back to the size of your organization, how many employees you have, how much time you can dedicate to this. Um, So keep that in mind and then pick the ones that you think will reach your audience the best and focus all of your efforts on those. Um, Consistency is key. Engagement is key. And just patience. It takes time. Um, So those are kind of my main takeaways um, of things that I've seen work well, you know, in in a broad way. Right. Okay. And what about, and we'll kind of dig in, do a deeper dive in some of those things more specifically, but what are some things you've seen that have been tried that maybe have not gone so well when put out there? 
Yeah, um, that's that's a great question. Um, and, and I also have seen some of those things, too. So I think kind of um, not having a strategy behind what you are doing as far as social media and marketing um, is the main thing that I haven't seen work well. So I'm going to address some of the things that I said um, I thought were just great that Sam mentioned and one of the things um, let's talk about consistency is key. That's one thing if you have a nonprofit or a small organization is making sure that you are consistently posting so that people know what's going on with the organization. And um, that also helps them to know how they can help, whether people are looking to donate or they're looking to volunteer, that consistency will help them to know. Yeah. So I think just making sure you have some type of broader strategy behind what you're doing and not just randomly trying, um, you know, kind of one-off action items. You always want to tie it all together. Um that that would be in a in a broad sense my main yeah. thing that I've seen that doesn't work well. Yeah, and I can definitely agree with that. And in the um, when you were logging back in, part of what I um, was talking about was that consistency, which that all falls into your strategy. Like you have to have a strategy so that it can be consistent. And I think um, sometimes when you're a nonprofit or even a business owner, but especially nonprofits, because you're trying to do so much for the community is we might tend to use social media for our nonprofit, the way we do it for our personal accounts. And with your personal accounts, you don't have a strategy. You know, if you go on a day trip or you do something, you just post really, but that's not the same (laughs) when it comes to your nonprofit. No, it's not the same. That's such a point. Yeah. And we see those memes and those things all the time. Like you can do social media for a profession. That doesn't mean that your personal account is going to have, you know, a million followers. Yeah. That's so true. (laughs) Exactly. And one (laughs) thing that I love that you talked, mentioned earlier is how a lot of the accounts that you started and a lot of what you do is organic. Um, getting those, you know, that organic um, build and audience and traffic. And I think for nonprofits, that's so important because one of the things we are always thinking about is where our funds are going. Yes. And, um, you know, we hear so much about, well, get, you know, get do paid ads and you get to your target audience. And that is true. But yes. if you have a strategy that focuses on growing organically, that's a great way for nonprofits to make sure that their funds can be used elsewhere mission and not so much on advertising. So what are some things that um, organic tips you would give for someone? Um, and you can pick a platform, whether it's Twitter or um, Instagram, just kind of for a platform that would be helpful for them when it comes to um, marketing, whether it's just in general for their um, organization, or even if there's a specific event they're marketing for. Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to pick Twitter because honestly, it's my favorite. Um, (laughs) I agree. And I've just seen (laughs) Twitter's the best. Um, I've just seen that organic growth specifically in the nonprofit. Um, And again, it's just it goes back to that consistency. So I'm the only person that runs the account, but I'm on it every day. I kind of have a posting schedule. So if you have someone that's dedicated to your social media accounts, um, you know, they can develop a a posting schedule and they can even use free apps like Buffer. Buffer is a great free app. It's not going to cost you anything. Um, And you can pre-schedule your tweets and your posts. Um, Of course, you want to be 
careful about that because depending what organization you work for, if something happens in the world, you might want to to pause them or stop them. Um, so right. always be mindful of that. But um, consistency is key. Scheduling can be key. Um, and the main thing that I like to focus on is engagement. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do what I call post and ghost. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to post something that I think might generate engagement and then walk away from that Twitter account until the next day. Um, so that's something to think in my, to keep in mind when you're scheduling too, is when you're doing things that you think, and sometimes you don't know, but if you're doing things that you think are going to generate a lot of engagement, try to do it at a time where you have time to engage with your followers. Um, and then another thing is you want your content to be for your audience, for your followers, for your supporters, for your members. Um, so while posting promotional things for your organization is great, and I do do that, um, a lot of times I try to keep in mind what would they like to see? What are they interested True. in? And that's the kind of content that I see that really does well um, because they're interested in it and they ask questions yeah. or they share it with other people. Um, so that consistency and engagement um, and the scheduling and the being mindful of, of, you know, world events, all of those are really helpful. Um, again, with organic, it just takes time. So, you know, if you start out with an account with 300 followers, you're not going to have 10,000 followers a week later. Um, but if you put the time yeah. in and you keep all these things in mind, um, you will you will see growth and you will see the engagement. And um, and it's, it's really cool to watch. Yeah. And I like what you said about the type of um, posts. And my mind went to like Instagram, you know, with Web Girls Code. We do, you know post when we have classes coming up, that type of thing. But I sure. also know that um, I look at what do I like to see from organizations? And I love to see when they can show you like where what, what their mission is helping, what they're doing. And those yeah. are the ones that, that get me to engage, get me yeah. to double in. And so the same thing, like we make sure with Web Girls Code, if we're doing an event or we've had a class, we're, we're posting that because that's what our audience wants to know is, well, you tell us you're teaching kids, you know, computer programming, but we want to see them actually doing it. And, yes. um, and, and that would be something, um, especially with Instagram, which is more visual, is I do see a lot of nonprofits who will just kind of post the ask. They post when it's Giving Tuesday. They post when they have a fundraiser, they, but they forget to post what's happening with those funds and that's what yeah. the community wants to see. So yeah, that, yes. that makes such a difference. And then when you brought the point up about engagement, um, you're absolutely right. And depending on the platform, you can have the minute you post something, you can start having engagement. And, and like you said, if you're not prepared, especially mm. if you think it's a post, it's going to get a lot of engagement. If you're not there um, to reply or keep the conversation going, that can affect your reach of how many more people may see that particular post based on how you engage with the people absolutely. that, yeah. So that's definitely something that, um, it's definitely important. And patience. If that's one thing yes. when it comes to social media marketing and working or with organic, trying to get organic reach, um, patience is definitely a thing that, um, you know, even when my clients, I tell our clients, um, 
that with small business owners, I'm like, Hey, we're going to start this, but we're going to need to wait like 30 days <laughs> before we can even start deciding if our strategy is working. And so I think that's the key. And so for, I say that with, if someone has an event coming up and we had talked about in our area, there's an event called Midlands Gibbs, which is May 4th um, this year. And so we're, you know, just a little bit over two weeks away from that. And this would be the time I would say if people are wanting to build up and um, to put their message out there, if they're participating in it, like start now, because yes. you, people need to see something. I think the stat is like people, it takes them seven times to see something before they're usually moved to act. Exactly. So imagine, you know, if you've got, you know, 30 days or in this case, about two weeks before an event to start letting people know what's going on and you're consistent. And hopefully maybe even automating by scheduling those posts, then the, your event more than likely you'll see more come from it because people have had time to see it consistently before the actual date of the event. Yes, I totally agree. Um, and the great thing now in this world of social media is you don't necessarily have to start as early as I used to start years ago when we were promoting events and fundraisers. Um, so that's a plus. So I, I do like that two weeks out because I think it's plenty of time. And like you said, you don't, you're not just going to post about it or send it out to your supporters one time. You have to do it multiple times leading up. You can use some of the same messaging, change it up a little bit, um, but you're exactly right. You, you need those repeat messages because they need to see them more than once. And, and that's for any marketing. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah. And you mentioned um, Buffer as a tool for kind of um, scheduling posts and automation. I know we had talked about this beforehand, and um, I know with Web Girls Code, um, this year will be our fourth year participating in Midlands Gives. And what I had learned, you know, with each year is automation, scheduling posts, using the tools that take some of the overwhelm off because a lot of nonprofits have their own marketing department. Um, they may, the, the board is the marketing department or as, um, Rachel um, Ramjatin, and I apologize if I said your name last name wrong, in the book mm -hmm. that I was reading from her, No More Duct Tape Fundraising, she has a term called the, um, the CEO, the chief everything officer. So mm -hmm. many nonprofits, you know, you're the chief everything officer. And if that's the case, being able to go ahead and schedule posts helps take some of that stress and weight off. And if you're participating in an event, whether it's Giving Tuesday or some other local fundraising event, see if they have a, a toolkit. A lot of them will have a social media toolkit that already has templates that allow you to, you know, just put your organization's logo on there or put a little note on there. And then you can put them in Twitter and schedule them or, or schedule them for Instagram or Facebook. And when that way you can have these things scheduled out, you know, 30 days or two weeks beforehand. And you know, the day of the event, that's one less thing I have to worry about. I know I don't have to be on social every hour trying to tell people, hey, this is what we're up to because it's already scheduled. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, and I just mentioned Buffer because they have a free version. It's really easy to use. Um, I've never really had any problems with it. Um, so for nonprofits, you know, most nonprofits have a really limited budget. Um, some don't have a budget 
at all. <laughs> right. Or, you know, it's all organic. So, um, so Buffer is great and you can, you know, you can schedule it out as far in advance as you want. And then, like I said, my biggest thing with that is just depending on what kind of organization it is and what kind of event it is, just be mindful of anything that may want you to pause those posts or change them. Um, but besides that, it's especially great for scheduling more promotional posts because then during the event, you can focus your time and effort on actually engaging with your supporters. Yes, yes. 100% like sign off on that because that's what I, I really learned that the last two years um, of Midlands Gives is it'll, I wasn't worrying about the promotional post of, hey, go to the website, you can donate. I was like, every time we got a donation, I was able to um, one, send an email personally to thank mm -hmm. the donor, but then I was able to tweet. I was able to post on Instagram when we, you know, got a donation or where we were at for the day. And so it just adds to the excitement of the day. And, and because I wasn't also trying to say, go to the website, here's where you could donate. I was just focusing on the excitement of look at what's happening today. And it was great. Right, exactly. And that just makes it so much more rich for your organization and your supporters. Um, I find that people get really, really excited when like nonprofit org accounts, brand accounts, engage with the people that support them. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's cool. I mean, even I, I get really excited about it. Um, so that just kind of just steamrolls and, and, and it keeps everything going. And, um, you know, more people hear about you and more people see what you're doing and, um, and, and you're thanking the people that support you by, you know, thanking them and engaging with them. And, and you've got all your pre-planned promotional things scheduled. And just like you said, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that. You can really focus on the task at hand for your organization. Yeah. And um, so another thing I want, to kind of mention that you don't have to be on every platform. So I know for Web Girls Code, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, but we find that we get more engagement on Facebook. So that is kind of more so where we lean in when it sure. comes to to that engagement um, is is our Facebook account. Um, and as a result, it's been great because we know we've gotten um, donations from Network for Good. Like, mm -hmm. I have no clue why, but somebody started <laughs> and I have to go back and check awesome. like, okay, what happened? So for us, we've learned that um, we we're, we have a presence on the other ones. Um, we do updates on Instagram pretty regular, but Facebook is kind of like our jam. That's where we, yeah. we hone in. So how does a nonprofit kind of know where they need to be? Does it depend on who their audience is? Or what are some suggestions if they're trying to figure out where, where exactly should I be to be able to promote my, my nonprofit? Yeah, that's a good question and a hard question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm right. setting you up so, with that question. Now. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that's awesome. I The organization that I work for is an international journalism organization. So our members are educators of journalism. Um, so we get the majority of our engagement on Twitter. Um, we are on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and we use it more for 
member notifications. Um, we are on Instagram and that's kind of my next big thing is to grow that for us. But our main platform where we get a lot of engagement is Twitter. Um, and honestly, I think some of it's a little bit of trial and error. Um, so if you're, you know, dumping a lot of time into a platform, um, and you're posting consistently and, and you're engaged, you're engaging and you're just not seeing anything back that, might be a time to try another platform. Um, also just consider your audience, you know, um, and, and you can look up statistics of, you know, who's on Twitter, who's on Facebook, who's on Instagram, think about your audience and where they might be. Um, you could even use a simple tool like survey monkey. And if you mm-hmm. have, um, you know, most nonprofits probably have an email database, ask your members. Um, True. Survey them, ask them. When you speak to them, ask them. Um, I kind of use all of the above. Um, And again, trial and error. And if something's not working, don't keep putting your time into it and and try a different different platform. Um, You know, if your audience is teenagers... And young people, Facebook might not be your best bet <laughs> exactly. unless, unless you're trying to get to their parents. Right. Then it may. Um, you know, so th- those are kind of what I've done. Um, but I'd also love to hear your your take on that as well. Yeah. What you just said kind of hit home for um, for me with, you know, the early, the first, actually the first year of Web Girls Code, I felt I had identified our target audience. I mean, with most, Mm -hmm. you know, any type of business you set up, you kind of identify your target. So it was, you know, like we're, we're trying to get to girls and teach them. So that's who our target was, I thought. And it Mm -hmm. took me about the first year to recognize, wait a minute, we serve the children, but our target is the adults in their lives who make the decisions of what activities they can do. Yes. And that adjusted our how we marketed online. That adjusted, like you said, I, yes. you know, I was like, okay, we have to get on Snapchat and on yes. Instagram. We're going to create this really cool show for the girls. And when I realized we have to get to the adults <laughs> in their life, exactly. that changed. So I think that's very important, especially if there's any um, new nonprofits or someone who's in the process of setting up a nonprofit is you you can serve a particular community but you have to ask is that who you have to market to who is connecting you to that community and that's your real market that's such a great point you're absolutely right about that because who you serve might not exactly be who you need to be targeting exactly and um, i agree you know with the trial and error one of the things that i would say though is kind of learning each of the platforms and um not only the demographics that use it, but what type, what are they coming there for? You know, for instance, yeah. like I love Twitter because you definitely get engagement. You have the conversations that are there. You can find your community that you're going to engage with. And it's kind of like that real, like real time feedback that you're getting. Yeah. And if that's what your organization needs, say for instance, if you're somewhere that you know, is offering, um, you know, food service in the community to a particular group of people and you have things that every day you're at a different location, Twitter will probably be great because you can put it out there and it can be retweeted and spread, you know, quickly. Um, You know, Instagram, that 
sometimes can happen, but maybe not as fast on Instagram. But if now, if you're some a more visual type of organization, whether it's art or something else, then Instagram would definitely be the place to be to demonstrate that, to be able, whether it's with music, because you can do videos and reels. So if it's more creative, Instagram may be a great platform. And Facebook is kind of just a mixed bag. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, Facebook is when you talk about patients, that's where you come in with Facebook. Facebook, you can do a little bit of everything, but you're, it may take longer for you to build your audience. But like you mentioned, what your, org- your organization does, it's a great way to keep um, your members, your owners, to keep them informed of yes. what's going on. So that's a great way. So it's kind of asking yourself, what is your service? What is your organization offering? And what platform may fit better with the ultimate mission and goal? Yes, I totally agree. And also, I'm just kind of piggybacking off what you said. So you can use several different platforms, but use them for different things. You know, True, so yeah. like we, we use Facebook more for updates informational purposes and then we use twitter for everything um people dm us questions that they need an answer to in 15 minutes um we post promotional things you know and things that we have going on um but we also highlight our members and what they're doing and awards we've given out and um we kind of kind of are cheerleaders for them on that platform so if you're on Twitter, you can use it differently than you would your Facebook page. Um, so you don't have to use them all exactly the same, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent point. Be- yeah, that, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is so true. Now, I will bring the next thing that we um, had talked about because I think it affects anyone who is managing social media um, or doing any type of online marketing. And that's kind of, we can get I think to me, I think social media marketing is emotional. (laughs) Even if you're doing it for, if it's not personal, even if you're doing it for a company, uh, you put a large part of who you are as far as creativity and brain power into it. So if someone is managing the social media for their nonprofit or they're the, um, you know, the chief everything officer for their nonprofit, how do they manage that? You know, I know some how I can get sometimes where I'll be like, oh man, I know I should have posted that we did this, 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 and then I start feeling bad or I see another mm-hmm. nonprofit. I'm like, you know, they're the same size organization as us and they're posting every day, like three times a day. What right. kind of tips do you give for someone to not get overwhelmed by what can happen with our mental health when we do have to manage social media? Yes, that is that is a great question. And that is something that I've experienced firsthand over the last year that I had not before, because um, I'm a I'm a one person team. So I'm the one running all these social accounts. And especially when COVID started, um, I felt like I had to be on there all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's just not realistic. So the first thing that I would say is set realistic goals for your organization, especially if you only have one person. You mm-hmm. cannot be on there all the time. Um, it's just not possible. It's not feasible. And you're going to get burned out, you know, and you have to take care of your mental health. Um, and social media is wonderful, but... Um, it can, it can take a toll and, you know, you're, you're going to, at some point you're going to get complaints 
and you're not going to be able to please everybody. Um, so you have to protect your mental health. So basically, yeah, I would just say set realistic goals that might even include hours. Um, you know, that, that you're, yeah. that you're going to be on. I've done that before. Um, I've kind of said we had something big going on and I said, Hey, I'm here and I'm on between this time and this time. <laughs> so people knew that they could DM us, they'd get a response. Um, and I've also almost posted what I call an away message. Um, because it took me about six months in to realize that I had, I had to take some breaks just for my mental health. Right. Um, because we had to make a lot of changes and decisions on the fly and, and we were not pleasing everyone and we were hearing about it. Um, so I, um, you know, scheduled a few days off and, and I posted that on Twitter that, you yeah. know, our, our account's going to take a little break and we'll be back at this day and this time. And that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. and, and try not to compare yourself and your organization to another one because you don't know their staff size, you don't know their budget. Um, no one nonprofit is the same. Yeah, we're just not. So try not to get into that comparison mode of of, of feeling bad. Um, but it's such an important thing to talk about. Um, you know, social media in the relative sense is still kind of new. Social media managers are still kind of new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that we're talking more and more about the mental health aspect of it. Yeah, I can definitely agree. And um, it made me think about when Web Girls Co., like on our Facebook page, I can remember getting a not so nice comment on one of our posts. And my mind, my first mind went to, we're like, we're teaching the kids. I mean, how can right. you... <laughs> put something not nice and and that's when I learned when you get comments from people because again if you're opening up your social media if it's public to the world and one don't take it personal that's the first thing a person doesn't know me they even posted that you know so they're I'm don't take it personal because they have no clue who even posted it and then secondly I've learned to ask myself is this a comment that one needs to stay there or does it need to be deleted Two, yes. Um, is it something that can be turned into a positive? Maybe the person just commented out of kind of ignorance of not knowing the full scope of what we do. So is this a way that I can not only reply, but share with other people who may have that same question or thought. Yes. And so I've made decisions where sometimes, yes, I do just delete it. Because it's not going to serve anyone's purpose. But I've had um, on Instagram, for instance, and it ended up being a great conversation where someone made a comment and I continued, you know, in an education way to reply with it. Other people started replying in a very positive way. And so you, you have to be able to make those decisions, but don't second guess the decision that you make. And yeah. and use the tools that social media has. There's a reason why you can hide comments. There's a reason why you can delete comments. There's a reason why you can pin great comments. You know, use those tools and and um, remember that your nonprofit has a mission, has a purpose, and your goal marketing is to share that mission and purpose, and not you know bring anything negative on what they're trying to do. Yes, I, I totally agree with all of that. 
And this is kind of where my public relations background kicks in. And, and I was like you, I, at the beginning, did take it a little personal. I, I have the personality of I'm trying to please everybody. And, and I had to take a step back and, and not take it personal and then do exactly what you said. Is this just almost a troll that I need to delete the comment? And, and that's pretty clear. You know, that's, mm-hmm. you, can, you can tell. So if so, that's an easy fix. Um, if this is somebody who maybe, you know, doesn't have all the information, you can start that conversation um, and educate them. And, and it can, like you said, you can get a lot of engagement and it can go really well. Um, it might be somebody that is just not happy with a decision that your organization made or something that's going on. And what I always try to do when I'm dealing with that is, first of all, you have to remember most likely the social media manager or whoever is running that account is not the decision maker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so they can, they can educate you. They can talk to you, um, which is what I do. And then if it's kind of above me, I'm going to take it off of Twitter or whatever platform I'm on and I'm going to hear their concern and I'm going to relay it to the person that, it needs to be relayed to. Um, and I, and I'm going to let them know that. And then we'll go from there. Um, you know, cause you never want to get into back and forth with people if yes. it's not going somewhere positive. Um, so you can't always take it off of Twitter. I've had many times where I've said, Hey, DM me, DM me your email address and let's, let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that works really well. So, yeah. And, and like you said, it's just really trust your instinct and trust your gut. Don't don't second guess yourself. You know your organization. Um, you, you know how to handle it. Yeah. So that's so true. So um, I mentioned earlier about Midlands Gives, which is May 4th. And um, so a lot of people who are listening to this are in our area, which is Columbia, South Carolina, Lexington, Midlands of South Carolina area. So if they're preparing for May 4th, um, you could give organizations maybe haven't started actually, you know, early giving has already started, um, but some were just trying to make it to Mm -hmm. get ready for May 4th. So what are some tips you could give to get ready for the event in two weeks? Sure, absolutely. I would just kind of um, take a minute and develop, you know, it doesn't have to be an in-depth marketing plan, but just kind of develop a plan. Um, You know, think about your organization, what would be reasonable for your organization. Um, Get all of your information together, get your page together, and then start letting your your supporters and your members know about it. Um, and email campaigns are great. Posting on all of your social media platforms are great. Um, like we talked about earlier, showing your supporters what your organization does, whether that's through a photo um, on Instagram of a program you've just run. Um, or a, a person you've served um, and just kind of gather all of that together and, and start now or as soon as you can um, and be consistent and, and do that from now until Tuesday, May 4th. 
Awesome. Thank you. And I'll um, speak from the nonprofit side of things that I felt have been successful for us over the um, last few years. You hit on email marketing. And I can um, say this, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but consistently for the last, um, I guess, like more than likely two years that we've made sure to do um, an email campaign to the previous year's donors who donated through yes. Midlands Gives. Um, we're probably, it's over 90% came back as donors for the next event. Wow. So that's been great. And um, we make sure in that email, we let them know what we did with their funds that we received the previous year. We include pictures. Gotcha. Yes. So that's been great for um, us. And then scheduling posts. So um, Facebook, you can schedule posts, you know, Instagram, Twitter. So more so we focus on our Facebook and our Instagram. And um, we actually schedule posts to hit like the first moment that Midlands Gives officially starts like at midnight. And so the cool thing about it is I can decide if I want those posts to be every hour or, you know, and what helps me to be able to do that is I use the toolkit. So those of you who are um, participating in Midlands Gives, make sure you go to your site, the website, log in. There's a whole social media toolkit with graphics already made. So that really helps to be able to schedule your posts because the graphics are already there. And then the, um, the other thing that it um, really helps also is Twitter goes crazy on Midland Skips. <laughs> yes. Yes. So if you're a nonprofit who's currently not on Twitter or you haven't used the account in a while, have someone that day that can be on Twitter because um, people are sharing. There will be people who will say, tweet me who I should be donating to. So yes. be on Twitter that day. <laughs> if nothing yes, else. I agree. Yeah. So great. Well, thank you so much, Sam. I've definitely enjoyed it. We're going to have to do this again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Count me in. Yeah. So just if you want to, if you want to share how people can find you on Twitter. Yeah, sure. So I'm at sbird1016. Um, and I tweet about a lot of stuff, social media and nonprofits, and then just kind of a lot of fun stuff. Shambi and I have some, Shambi and I have some great um, conversations on here. Um, so just, it's kind of a mixed bag, but yeah, just, um, I, I love connecting with the community. You talked about that before and just kind of developing your community makes such a difference, especially on Twitter. Yeah. And I connect to that because it was actually one tweet, I think maybe like a year or two ago that even connected me to you. Cause we, we tweet about yes. university of South Carolina and that's kind of where the relationship started. So like we've never met in I person. Think so. <laughs> no, we haven't, which we, we have to change one change soon, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really cool. I mean, over the last year or so, I've been really intentional about developing my community on here and it's made a world of difference. Um, so just meeting you online and so many other marketing, nonprofit, social media people, but then also Gamecocks and parents and, you know, all of the above. So yeah. if you're intentional about that. It makes social media a lot more fun. Yeah. That may have to be our next conversation, how to create community on Twitter. I think it should be. 
Okay. So we'll, we'll have to talk offline about that. Okay. <laughs> well, wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you so much and thank you enjoy you. the rest of your day and everyone. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you.